0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 25 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams, and I'm joined, as always, by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by C.A. Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. We have breaking news on the podcast this week. It's news that everyone is super excited about. You're going to care so much, and that is that I am also making the trip, like Christian, to Louisville this fall, actually going with Christian, and a couple of our buddies and it's gonna be a great time and with that Christian how are you doing it's exciting I'm doing well you just sort of a uh, hopped onto the trip uh, after I asked
1: <laughs> you to and uh, I'm excited it's gonna have we gone? have we watched UCF play that never mind what <laughs> I was gonna say if we watched UCF play on the road together but we did that in November.
0: That's actually very true. It didn't feel like it was on the road because it was it, literally like it was 20 not, minutes it was, from my house. It was
1: where you live, and it was a two-hour drive for me. But yeah. we actually, it's funny for the fact that we have a UCF podcast together. And our friends and both went to UCF together and lived together at UCF. We really have not been to a lot of games together. Well, I mean, we've covered games together. But even then, only a few. Because it was not super frequent that we could get two press passes for night sports now.
0: That is fair, yeah. I mean, you, so, I don't know, you were there sometimes for the Sentinel, and I was there for... that's true yeah no you're actually wrong i forgot that whole
1: first year i was doing it for the sentinels but again like we were both in the press box i wasn't like sitting near you that is true yeah just
0: both in the building so yeah this will be an interesting experience like flying together and actually attending a game together you've never seen how freaked out i get on planes that's gonna be fun for both of us i don't enjoy planes either sometimes i I get nervous on airplanes um (laughs) yeah it'll be fun though it's looking forward to that trip and You know we're getting there we're getting uh we're about actually eight weeks from as we're recording this eight weeks from right now ucf will kick off the season and of course a few a couple weeks after that will be the louisville game and we kind of just can jump right into this because this week we're actually going back to UCF's uh 2021 football schedule we talked about it on one of our very like earliest podcasts when it first came out um but this time christian and i are ranking ucf's 2021 matchups based on our excitement level for these games And you know, the way Christian and I like to do these, these rankings, we did it with the team, uh, the season rankings from 2020, 2021 season. Uh, We'll just go back and forth and see how much we line up on all these. And I have a feeling we're not going to be like, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of differences because like we discussed it a little bit before we jumped on, there's like six games that are like exciting. And then like the rest of them are just kind of like, eh. So I'm interested. I'm almost more interested to see where your bottom six fall. than The top six. You're i have exactly
1: i i mean i literally text you. So. i have exactly six games that i would consider exciting i have seven i guess maybe i don't know maybe six but we'll oh, see. our lists are not gonna be, this is gonna be great <laughs> for the record to <laughs> prepare for this podcast i went back and listened to our scheduling podcast for february to ensure that i would not contradict myself in any way because i wouldn't want to do that i did not do that
0: so and, i may um, contradict myself very much
1: and and i'll have heard it so i can call you on the moment <laughs> um I, one thing that's struck me is one, these games feel so much more real now than they did in February. Like it felt so hypothetical in February now we're talking about stuff that's literally like a month and a half, two months away. Yeah. So exciting. Second, we've like we were way less optimistic about UCF in February than we were now. and I feel like the gus hype has just slowly crept its way into us over the last few
0: months. Well, I mean, I think it's fair to for that to have happened because. Things have gone just, well. Yeah, things have gone well. They've added some some transfers, and the defense is looking a little bit more – I don't know. We still don't really know much about the defense, but it just – I don't know. There's more hype. There's more, I think, promise on the defense now than maybe there was at the time. I think that's so, fair. Yeah. I, actually, I, when we were – that podcast, the only – I don't I – don't, I'd have to go look up the timeline, but the only transfer
1: we referenced was Mark Anthony Richards, the running okay. back from Auburn. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, they've, like, remade the defense – and also picked up some really i mean literally like back then we were like oh what are like you know the skill position's going to look like and what's the defense going to look like and I, that that's where they
0: you know that that's what they did that's what yeah. they addressed so
1: but anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah let's
0: I, sorry instead to go off on that tangent but we should no yeah hop it's right in here. it's definitely it's definitely been a kind of a natural progression of just the hype has built and now we feel a lot better um about about everything and one right before we jump in one more thing is you've not wavered from your 10 and 2 prediction correct nope I was—I t- literally said ten and two on that podcast. Your that when like just behind the scenes a little bit here. When you Venmoed me for the Louisville tickets yesterday, you did <laughs> say UCF would go undefeated in twenty twenty one.
1: I did that because <laughs> I have some friends on Venmo who I wanted to see that
0: message. <laughs> okay, all right. Just wanted to throw that out there, but yeah, not my gonna...
1: actual prediction. We'll but jump... you have to—you have to be an
0: obnoxious UCF fan any chance you get. That is very true. Um, we'll jump right in. We'll jump into. Uh, we'll start from twelve and go down to one. I'll give you the floor. Which one are you, which game are you least excited about in 2021? I am least excited for At Temple. Okay. That's, that's fair.
1: Why? My reasoning is that I I can't think of a single reason to care about that game. <laughs> Temple's going to be awful. It's on the road. It's going to be in some stupid stadium with 10,000 fans. It's going to be cold. It's going to be like, I'm telling you right now, UCF's going to win that game like 31 to seven. It'll be completely unremarkable. I just, I, I, Temple doesn't even have very good uniforms. <laughs> I, I, I I can't think of a reason to get excited for that game. It's probably going to be like a noon kick.
0: I just, is, I can't think of anything. That is fair. I, I have that I have that one at 10. But, Two games below that one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, ten. It, it may have well have been 12. I don't know. It's just I, the only thing I could think of was back in 2019 when UCF was last playing at Temple on the road. It was they like they blew him out and it was like one of the more fun offensive performances of the year. So I think I just had good feelings from that game. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it again.
1: Yeah, but Temple I, Temple's just awful
0: now. But I mean, I don't know. It's, oh, wait, I was going to say they're in the UCF's division, but there's just no divisions anymore. are That's just not yeah. a thing. But uh, I don't know. It, it could be a fun game. I don't know. I don't think there's a chance of being a fun game. I don't have much defense behind that. It's just that it's not number 12, so I have to kind of give it a little bit. You've got just, to pump it
1: up somehow. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm curious what games you had, but well, I guess we can go into it. <laughs> unless oh, we have
1: more to say about how unremarkable we really don't game is we really don't
0: this be. might be a short podcast but uh <laughs> my number 12 and this is, might be a controversial one because there's so much history behind this game but it's the yukon game i just don't count at 12 i yeah, have yukon 12 way higher oh my gosh i have yukon at seven what? <laughs> why well, I, I guess we'll get there. I don't know. No, we'll, we'll talk about this game now. Go ahead.
1: Now. Yeah. you. Talk, no, well, yeah, we'll just go we'll there. Talk, we'll, we'll talk about UConn now. <laughs> this one
0: more, more so, I don't know. It's, it's, I think more so for this one, it's the timing of the game. It's the week before the USF game. And I just feel like it's in a weird spot in the schedule where I just don't really care. Like, I don't know that it's not going to matter. And not that it will matter anyway. I mean, UCF's going to, going to win by, I don't know, 35 plus, but it We'd just, hope. it has, I mean, we, we, yeah, we would hope, but I don't know. I just don't really care. And it's, it's right before it's right. It's like, it's after like the big important games against Cincinnati and Memphis. And then it's before the USF game. It's just that weird weekend in November where I'm just going to be like, eh, and I think the weekend before that they play SMU and that could be a, an interesting big game. And I don't know. I just don't really have any feelings whatsoever about the civil conflict. So yeah, we went to completely different ways. And I'm really
1: excited for that game why um well not really excited let's tone things down christian (laughs) i uh i the main thing is the the, this the civil conflict memes are just going to be awesome and it's it's even different than it used to be because it's like it's not a rivalry quote unquote and then ucf went out of their way to make sure uconn stayed on the schedule when they left the conference and i just find that hilarious (laughs) it's a home game home games always get the advantage for me because home games are just more fun i think the memes will be great for the civil conflict i think it's that a good time late in the year where it can just be like a fun stat padding game, or let's just see if Dylan Gabriel can throw like six touchdown passes and stuff like that. And it's also just where it is in the schedule. I think it's just kind of needed because there's a lead in of games. I don't want to watch. And then the SMU game, which I'm really worried about. So I think in some ways it's kind of a relief weekend where it's like, we can just go into this game. as just kind of like, we're just going to watch UCF beat the crap out of our quote unquote rival and yeah, at home i just i, I just think, when i look at other games on the schedule i'm just like i genuinely am more interested in watching that just for the conflict memes and for the stat padding than for some of these other a's
0: i think part of it too for me is i i am really not a fan of the fact that they kept uconn on the schedule and so it's I'm basically
1: just, like playing another fcs yeah that's, and i'm just determined
0: not to care about that game like
1: we're I, paying them like a million dollars i think absurd that's what you, that, that that's ucf truly being a power team <laughs> is, is paying a stupid amount of money for another FBS team to come play in their stadium. I just, yeah, I don't, I
0: don't care about it. All
1: right. All. I have a question for you right now. Do you think that UConn will have a lower or higher attendance than the Bethune Cookman game? Um,
0: Lower. Really? Okay.
1: I guess it depends on what they're doing at that point in the season.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I think it's hard to tell and it's hard to, it's hard to compare, I think with, since you don't really know what the record is going to be at that point, but I think regardless of what happens week one against Boise State, I think people will show up week two for Bethune because mm-hmm. they just know. I mean, I don't know. It's it's going to be still early enough in the season where it's like we finally get they to can be turn back it around a, even if well, lost yeah to even Boise. like we finally get to be back in a full capacity bounce house. And I don't think fans are necessarily going to take that for granted in the second home game of the season. Maybe they will if things haven't gone well or whatever has happened by the second to last game of the season. So I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. You know,
1: there's an interesting case study in UCF attendance, which I'm going to go on a little teeny tiny bit of a tangent here, uh, which means we'll be off the rails for 10 minutes. Um, You know, Orlando City, MLS, just the Major League Soccer just went back to full capacity and they'd been, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Reduced capacity this whole time. And Orlando City is like top of the world right now. They're having like their best year ever and they haven't been selling out games. I know there's like one of them, there was extending circumstances because it was raining, but they're only getting to like 60, 70% capacity. And part of me wonders if there's more COVID reluctance than we'd been anticipating. Cause I'd kind of imagine that once that stuff was full capacity, we'd be seeing like pen up demand and sell out crowds, but we're really not seeing
0: that. And I wonder what that means for football well, this fall. How many home games have they had since it went to full capacity? Cause I think two of them have been, they've had like, two. It's, been, it's, I think both of them have been pouring rain. I thought only one of them was. Were they both raining? Because the one, the one that was during, well, one of them was during a weekday, and that was yeah. there ended up being a delay during that game. That w- so, okay,
1: there was rain for both. I forgot so, that. Yeah, one and that then there was too.
0: the one that we were at last Saturday where it rained like all afternoon slash evening, and it okay. turned out to still be a pretty good crowd. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still curious to see if there's, I don't know. We'll, we'll I think we'll see, and I don't, I, it, it is hard to draw comparisons too. I think sometimes because. I just think UCF fans are so just chomping at the bit to get back in the bounce house. I guess and but city
1: fans are pretty, no, no, I mean, I'm not saying got a really yeah, solid it's, fan base.
0: it's nothing against, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's it. I just think it's, it's hard to, to draw off those two games, I guess, but right. I'm just thinking, just thinking of the um, season ticket sales right now. And I think what UCS, what, like 95% sold out for yeah. the season. And I imagine, you know, even if they don't fully sell out for the season, which I, I still kind of think they will, over the next few weeks. But even if they don't, I could see, you know, on a week to week basis, I could see student guest tickets or just, you know, family tickets, whatever those, those getting snapped up. So I, I don't but know. The, I
1: think the it, whole, but the 95%, that's honestly kind of been a red flag to me. Because in past years, not only would they sell at the stadium, they'd have, they'd be like waitlisting people by like February. Yeah. And they're just not getting past that. night I'm, I'm 95% is good. I mean, yeah. a lot of teams don't get that. But I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, and I really hope I'm proven wrong in September. I feel like there's a very decent chance just because of the state of the world what we're coming out of that Boise state game might not be a sellout. It totally would be in a vacuum where COVID didn't happen, but I don't know. I just, we're not. And again, we've still got a few more months here for people to get more comfortable going back out, but I just, we haven't really seen people. I, we haven't seen that pen up the man thing. I thought we were going to see as teams go to full capacity. I mean, I, you have in some, like I know the lightning pretty much got every seat filled yeah. for there. So who knows? Right, but anyway, just a little tangent. I'm just curious because I am, I am
0: curious. And yeah, I, I think it is. It's it's interesting because there is isn't a wait list. And I'm wondering, there's probably a lot of factors that I wonder if it's part of it's the covid uh, reluctance or the, the hesitation a little bit. It's a money I thing too. wonder. Yeah, it's a money thing. And I also wonder if if people are were that like detached and, and that like down from what happened with Hypal, like the Hypal seasons. I don't, I don't don't know if that necessarily what it is, but I'm wondering if if anyone's like hesitant to be like, all right, we'll just wait it out.
1: If Heupel was still the coach, sure. But there, I mean, there's been. Arguably, I think like UCF's fan base has seemed more excited for this season than maybe honestly, any UCF season I can remember except the year after the peach bowl.
0: That's no, that's the thing is like, yeah, UCF fan base on the whole, but I'm wondering if the more like the more casual fans or the more people are just like, Oh yeah. Like we'll get season tickets. Like, casually if they're casual fans if they're kind of like oh well we'll see we'll just maybe we'll, we'll just get game tickets to a couple games I don't but know but I think
1: if I think if you're that level of casual fan you probably didn't like care that much about like, like if you're that level of casual fan you haven't watched a home loss in like four years or three so. years so yeah. I don't know I don't know it we'll see I hope I'm wrong I really do and maybe I am because I'm wrong about a lot of things so. <laughs> all right well
0: I guess we'll uh we're down to number 11 now yeah oh, so I, I... Down to that like as if that was like really far down the list but yeah, so I guess I'll give you my 11 since you just gave me your... I gave you my 12. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which was my seventh. So we're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number 11 is at Navy. Really? Which is funny because I'm going to that game. I'm very um, surprised by that. I don't like watching option teams play. The yeah. games always suck. Like I, UCF has never played... like, like I, I know like the 2017 game was like, oh, we had big moments, but the game itself was still gritty. And it's just like, it, I, it's going to be fun for me. Like I'm personally like excited from my perspective. Cause I'm going to be there, but just from like a normal, like fan perspective, like I, it, it, I don't know. As when I'm looking at the games, like there are other games I can find reasons to care a lot more about. Than... Well, I have, I have that one at seven. Jeez, man. We are just... <laughs> I, our lists are usually different, but this has been. Yeah, I, mean, well, I don't
0: know. I think like in past lists, we've also like, we've gone for a little bit more. Like we started out like on the same wavelength and then kind of just slowly like branched out. This one we're just completely all over the. Uh, we yeah. So Navy, tell me, tell me why you're so interested in the Navy game. It's it's less, I think, for the style of play. I didn't, I don't really consider it that much with the their style of play. I just think going on the road to Navy seems to be like a special thing, and the pageantry around it, and you know, playing the service academies, I think, always has that level of like respect between the fan bases, and just it's just I don't know. It's it's more interesting. They're more interesting to me as an opponent. Than just your average AAC team. I guess. I mean, I mean they I, they
1: do have goats on their fields. That's something.
0: I think is that that's the first conference game, right? Um, Navy. Uh, I yeah, it's the conference yeah, opener. Yes. So I think that yeah. adds a little bit to it to me too. For me hmm. too, because it just feels like that's the start of, you know, as as much as we you know everybody wants to win every game, it's just you know the the AAC is is the goal. Win the AAC. And hopefully get yourself in a position to go to New Year's Six bowl game, but that's the start of that. So,
1: I'm rethinking my decision
0: now as I look okay. at the schedule, because
1: that also could actually be a pretty key game if UCF drops either Boise or Louisville.
0: Yeah, and then because I think that too, no, never mind. Obviously, I thought that led into the Memphis-Cincinnati stretch, but then there's the the ECU game I think right after in between those.
1: How did I never process until this moment that I'm going to back-to-back UCF game, road games?
0: I thought about that, uh, yesterday or today. There was at some point when I was doing these rankings, I was like, Oh, Christian's going to both of those games.
1: This is the first, I mean, there's a bye week in yeah, there's This is, the, week, this is but... the first time I've
0: processed that. That's really,
1: so I'm going to go to the first one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to go to the first five straight UCF games. I'm such a fan. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, no, I actually, I, I'm, I'm changing my mind. You're, you're, you're correct in my name. So you're changing well. your rankings. No, I can't. They're they're locked oh, in, but okay. your your rankings are as of now better than mine cuz that's a good <laughs> point. All right, well, my number 11
0: was Tulane. Okay, we need to talk about Tulane cuz I think you're misinformed. Am I I might be. I I just don't, I don't know much about Tulane so I wasn't like Tulane's supposed know. to be really good this year. Are they, they
1: think this is like their year and they have a really good quarterback and I think his name's Michael Pratt. There's I, I'm actually like that's a sleeper like UCF might randomly lose this game game to me.
0: See, the problem with with Tulane to me is Yes, I'm probably like really underinformed on them, but I don't remember if it was no, it was not it wasn't 2020. I think it might have been 2019 or maybe even 2018. There was a year where you were also high on them going into the year. I'm high on telling you, most of the time. Yeah, you seem to think they were going to be good and then they just weren't that year and so I was like, be, okay. Okay,
1: hold on. Um, hold what, on. Hold what? on. I was high on them that year cuz they would go 3 and 9 every year and they went to and won a bowl that year. I was absolutely correct. I wasn't saying Tulane's going to win the conference. Well, no, you didn't say that.
0: I'm just saying you seem like, I don't know. I didn't. I have Tulane at eighth for the record. Eight? Okay. Yeah,
1: but this isn't just like me. Like Tulane fans and around Tulane believe that this is the year that they finally start moving towards being like an upper tier team in the conference. I don't buy it. Because they feel like they finally have the quarterback. They also have great uniforms, which absolutely factors in these games.
0: I thought, who was the other guy? They're the quarterback before. I thought he was supposed to be the a really talented, like really big key, key guy for them. And then he just wasn't. That's different. Cause this quarterback is here now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Michael thing. Pratt. The problem, that's not the problem, but just the thing about these rankings is like we said, there's not, I think outside of the top six UCF games this season, these seven through 12 for both of us can go any way like, Cause it's just like, whatever. Like I, I really, I didn't put that much thought into all of these, to be honest with you. Michael because Pratt. They're all, okay, had in through ten games, he threw for eighteen hundred yards,
1: twenty touchdowns to eight picks. He also rushed for eight touchdowns, to go of two hundred thirty yards. Cool, good for him. Um, hope it works out for him. You are so <laughs> you are tempting fate. Michael Pratt is going to torch UCF now because of your dismissiveness <laughs> of him.
0: When is that game? I don't even remember. It's like it's like smack middle of the season. See, like, I just I don't know. For some reason, it, it didn't inspire much feeling like I wasn't even and even if even if Tulane's actually like a decent team this year, I, it just Tulane did not inspire me. The, the game itself did not inspire me to look up. Oh, how are they supposed to be this year? And that I might think say more about me, but is I don't. you
1: disliked the Tulane game last year so much
0: that you're just like, oh, yeah. And you know what it is? You know what it is? Because we've discussed this before. Last That was after the Memphis game last year, I think. And that was the point in the season where I would leave the room when the defense was on the field. Yep. So I only got to really see, like, half of that game. And then in 2019, I was, I was not – I don't think I saw any of the game in 2019 because I was out doing – I was at Busch Gardens that day, I think. That was
1: a super frustrating
0: game. And I remember it being a frustrating game, but I wasn't watching it. So – yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really seen... 2016
1: Tulane was a really fun one, though. UCF had three different uh, oh, was defensive, defensive yeah,
0: yeah, the defensive touchdown day. Um So just think about uh, yeah, the game just, from five years ago and how that could be like the game this year. I, I can't. It's 11 for me, and... So you had to play at
1: 11? That's wild, man. Yeah,
0: and then we're... uh Well, I've already discussed my 10. My 10 is Temple, so I'm curious to know your 10 now.
1: My 10 is Bethune cookman
0: Really? Yes. I have, Bethune, um, I have Bethune-Cookman at eight. So it's okay, not that. We'll, we'll talk about that because
1: that's okay. interesting to me. Okay. Um, but I don't like that. Um, so I, for the record, I understand the way the college football world works. And in case you, our listeners do not, basically
0: like FCS. <laughs> <laughs> what? Now what? is the point in the podcast where Christians can be very patronizing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that came off way more patronizing than I meant. I just meant like, in case you don't know, let me tell you. So FCS teams, like, obviously, like, the main motivation to play an FCS team is just to get that extra home game for the revenue. Those need to, I'm pro those games continuing because that's how FCS teams fund their programs is through those games. If all the, if all the FBS teams said, we're not going to play FCS anymore, FCS would crumble at the same time. I still don't like it. Like I I don't like that UCF plays an FCS team. It just, there's nothing to take away from that game. The starters will be out by halftime. The only reason they're not last is because of the band. I'm really excited to see the band. Well, that's That's the thing pretty much is, is,
0: I mean, assuming they bring the band, that will add a lot of uh, entertainment value to it. But also, like what you said about the UConn game, is how I feel about the Bethune Cookman game, because it'll be after it'll be after that big game against Boise State and before the road trip to Louisville. So there's that you know whatever happens week one, there's that week two game that's you know you can still work out some kinks early early in the season. Plus, it's early enough in the season where there's still just there's still going to be that novelty of we're back in the bounce house with a full crowd. Like there's still gonna be that excitement to me, for me. It, I mean, to me, I look at it as yeah,
1: it's sandwiched between Boise and Louisville. It's the game that there's just no reason to care about. Like it's just a tune-up
0: game. Like I don't need like Dylan won't play
1: the second half. Uh, well, yeah, I, but
0: that's more that's that's another reason why I think it's gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be more fun to me because I want to see some of these guys that we'll see in the future. Really, you want to see Quadri Jones hand it
1: off for an hour and a half?
0: I don't don't do that.
1: <laughs> maybe Malzahn's different. Maybe Malzahn will actually let the. Backups, I wasn't. Yeah, like, that's the thing fun. is I
0: wasn't thinking. I kind of feel like he would. I feel like he
1: wouldn't. He wouldn't because he also like that wasn't just a hypo specific thing. That's a pretty common thing because you just no, yeah, don't want to risk sure. injury. Although Hypel also left Bam Moore in when UCF was up by fifty something. And well, no, it's not. It's less it's or Shen. Whoever. I'm who not knows.
0: saying that Malzahn will keep the starters. And I'm saying that maybe he'll let the backups actually run some plays and you know run the offense a little bit. And but also, why are you giving away stuff from your playbook in the second half against an FCS team? Well, it doesn't have to be like I don't know, it doesn't have to be in like an in, intense, intricate stuff. It can it can be still pretty basic, you can keep it basic, but still, you can still throw the ball. I do think that's a game for Kalia Davis to be under center.
1: <laughs> if I had to pick one, I hope so. But I hope so. Yeah, okay. Well,
0: yeah, I, I literally, like I said, it would have been last for me if not for the band, but the band bumps it up a few spots. Okay, so that was 10 for you, right? We're on yep. nine. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's your number nine? East Carolina. Hey, we got one. We got one on the yes! same page. We Let's are back go. on the same page just for this one. One you time only. Me. Same wavelength. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this game, to be honest with you. I'm sick of watching UCF play East Carolina. I hate the UCF plays East Carolina. <laughs> so,
1: so so sick of it. They're garbage every year. I. i, I But they're like they're, they have a they're good quarterback. garbage. Okay, no, they don't. They're garbage in a way that bothers me because every year with Holt Naylor's, we're like, oh, he's a really good quarterback. And then he sucks. It's I don't agree. It's been like a consistent agree. thing. He'll be like good for 70% of the time. It's like, okay, this guy's good. And then he throws these like stupid passes like just some of the dumb like i don't know what's wrong in his decision making like he makes plays or plays quote unquote that i've just never seen any like he'll be about to be sacked and what do you do you take the sack you throw away and he's just like i need to try to laser it in right now seconds before and and it's just and it's great for ucf because then ucf gets picks and stuff but it's just there's such a specific brand of bad that i'm just sick of ucf playing them every year
0: yes but christian this could be the year that he puts it all together (laughs) <laughs> this is it. This is what it happens. Yeah, I don't know, I don't why, know why, I why I'm trying to sell you on this game. Cause I also have it at nine, but I don't, it's just like, what are the teams UCF plays every year? UCF, every single season, UCF is
1: going to play Cincinnati. They're going to play USF. They're going to play temple. They're going to play East Carolina. That those are the four that they play every single year. Yeah. Temple's good. Most of the time they're bad right now, but they're good. Most of the time they've yeah. they're, you know, Cincinnati obviously is very good. USF's our rival. Why are we playing East Carolina every year? Other than that, they're in North Carolina. They, they, That's literally
0: just, what it is, is that it's, I'm so it's sick regional. of that game.
1: I just don't want to watch any more. You see, we East Carolina about game. This,
0: Was it last week? I think we talked about this where they, they, yeah, we did where for some reason, I don't understand why they're bad.
1: May, they, they have like – they're like UCF-level fan base, or at least they were. I mean, they have a huge fan base. Yeah. They're super – I mean, I, I just – and they should be. I mean, they're in North Carolina. I mean, they're not like in super fertile recruiting territory, but they should still be
0: able yeah, to put it together. It may have together. been good before. I don't know why they like fell off after, what was it, 14?
1: My whole childhood, they were like one of the big teams that UCF would play. Maybe that's why – That maybe that's what it goes down to for me is that's- that – yeah. Like, like maybe it's like, I'm just because I, as a kid, that was a big game. So I'm just annoyed that it's not, <laughs> but there yeah. was also like, speaking of recruiting, I'm trying to pull this up really quickly because okay. East Carolina, I noticed this when I was going through the AAC because UCF, according to several recruiting insiders, is supposedly getting a very big recruit as uh, you are listening to this listeners on uh, Friday. So East Carolina has 12 commitments right now, 12 commitments. Only two of them have stars at all. Like, what are you like? What tough are you doing? To be in. I mean, how is that possible?
0: That is a tough spot to be in. I don't really have an answer for that.
1: I just, that's, that's, I, don't I mean, they, they, they why almost have a full class, and only two of the guys have a single star.
0: I, I, I just, I don't understand why they're not better. It really, it's really absurd. Like, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's just weird to me. I don't understand it.
1: They just never made the jump. I mean, it was, it was literally it was all they were fine. And then they moved from Conference USA to the AAC, which is a little misleading because, yeah, Conference USA is really bad now, but it wasn't back then. No. And they just they just couldn't adjust to the AAC level.
0: And I just I'm sick of that game. I'm sick of watching you play East Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to sell you on it. Like, I'm, I also have it at nine. So, yeah, it's just it's just another mega. Oh, the one thing I wanted to say about this game, though is i and i don't know how you feel about it but i have the sneaking suspicion that this circles back around and this is the space game. I don't think it's going to be the space game. You don't. Yeah. That's I don't think so. that's just For the mind. record for
1: the record i do not know when the space game is. I mean, I, um, yeah. Uh, there was the spa- no cuz it was the space game in 17. I think yeah, that's what i'm to, saying. I, I think, think it could Memphis circle back is going to be the space game. Do you? Well, i don't know cuz they always they always do the space game for a team they know they're going to beat. Yeah. Um, so they can keep doing the space game and this would kind of break that,
0: yeah. But they've already done East Carolina and they haven't yeah, repeated but that a was team three years ago, yeah. They haven't repeated a team yet, but like eventually, they're it's also kind of early so in know.
1: the season for it. It's the fifth game of the year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that gonna, was just my I, that was another
0: reason this. I had it at nine instead of like 10 or 11 because I just kind of guessed maybe it could be just the possibility that it's the space game.
1: You and me were nine. talking about because we have this conversation already. Why not make USF the space game?
0: Yeah, no, I don't know. I'd be I, down for that. I would love that. that would be cool, but. Yep. I guess
1: it doesn't create that like mid-season excitement burst if it's at the that end is of the year. True. I
0: guess the, the USF game sometimes, I guess contrary to what we were talking about last week, I think it kind of sells itself right. and they want to sell like... A no, this game. is really
1: stupid. No, this is also really dumb. I just realized because also the like half the point of this is to sell merchandise. So you want people buying
0: space merch for half the year. That is very good point. Yeah, no, go. we're
1: done. This is why we don't make the decisions.
0: <laughs> All right. So I gave my number eight was Bethune Cookman. Have you given me your number eight yet?
1: yes we've talked my number eight my number eight was Tulane
0: oh number eight was Tulane okay so we're down to seven we've also both set our we, sevens I believe your seven was UConn yep yeah, my seven was Navy so we're so in the top six, six. so the top we're six. Aware, the,
1: the interesting games
0: this is where I think we might we might go six for six on here maybe not I could not a chance wrong. I already
1: know one you're not going to agree with so
0: let's just uh, all right what's your here. number six at SMU okay that's my number six Okay, we're doing good. All right, we're off to a good start. It doesn't seem like you still you still probably think that we're going to have one different because there's I don't know. I know where I put a certain rival and I don't think you're going to have him there. <laughs> so, we'll All right. See. All right, we'll get there. But yeah, the the SMU game like I mentioned like you mentioned earlier, I think is has a very good chance to be a good game, a big game, and I even said when we did our game by game predictions, like when the first schedule first came out, I predicted UCF to lose this game. Yep. And With I think that's not very possible. Really like much behind it. Just that, like, I think there's a game that oh, they might just drop a game that they're not supposed to. And this might be it. Well, much like Tulane, SMU is another team that believes that
1: this is the year that they break into that top tier of teams. And unlike I believe Tulane, them more than I believe. Unlike Tulane. Tulane, they have the recent history, the recruiting and the transfer portal success <laughs> to back it up. I, I mean, I, I've said before on this podcast, I think long-term, the top three in this conference is going to be, in no particular order, Cincinnati, UCF, and SMU. I think in this new era of college football, those are the three schools that by far have the most to game. SMU being in Dallas is a huge, huge advantage. They have all the same advantages that UCF does being in Florida, not just from recruiting, but from getting guys to come home through the portal. I mean, I think they're yeah. long-term set up to be a force. I, and honestly, they were before the death penalty. They, they were one of the premier programs in college football. And yeah, it took them 20 years to claw their way back. But I think they are back. And that's a game that I could totally see UCF losing. The one thing they don't have is they don't have a tough stadium. They don't have a good environment. And I think that will benefit UCF. But so that's why I put it on the lower end of the top games. Yeah. And it's also just kind of at an awkward point in the season. But
0: I'm still excited for it. It kind of feels like the last big regular season game they have. Yeah, because then you're just coasting with you. Because then it's just, yeah, you and USF. So, yeah, it just, I don't know, it's its one of those, like, it's not, no one's gonna look at it and say, oh, this is like, the, like one of the big, big games, because that's reserved for like the top few that we're gonna talk about. But it's still one that like, it's, it's a much, it's on a much different level than seven through 12 that we talked about already. Yeah, absolutely.
1: No, there was, to me, there was a very clear
0: bottom six and that's the point that's the thing too is like yeah we might not have had the same rankings for seven through twelve but we had the same six teams yep in seven through twelve and so i think we're still on the same page as far as that goes but you you, t- you tell yourself that I, I mean yeah i will I all will. right let's do the next one number five uh go ahead
1: number five i have memphis
0: oh <laughs> told you all right i have usf yeah i knew mean, that's where we're gonna get tripped up i have memphis at four
1: okay i have usf at four so okay, so it's we're, just we're, a flip-flop. The, the, uh, these two I looked, I went back and forth on, and my thing with Memphis is, I guess I was read about Memphis, and I don't think they're, like, they're not going to be up to their usual standard this year, which is a good thing for UCF, obviously, since they play them six days after they play Cincinnati.
0: Yeah.
1: But I just, I don't know. And I, I, Memphis is another team where, like, I know UCF has played really good games against them, but that's kind of why I expect this game to be a letdown, because this just doesn't feel like a year that it's going to be another really good game. I kind of
0: agree with you. So like mm-hmm. like you said, with your, you changing your tune on – what game was it? Oh, the Navy game? Yeah. I'm kind of changing my my mind a little about this one just because I don't think that – I don't think the Memphis game can keep living up to the previous games that they've had every, like every year. It's just not possible. It's I don't just think, not. Which, I mean, to be fair, I didn't really necessarily – I didn't think it was going to happen like that in 2020. I didn't think it was going to be that nope. you know high scoring. and that I didn't high. think it was going to happen in 2018 either time. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it still could, I guess, but I don't know that it will. And I think part of it to me was just, I, I base a lot of these rankings on atmosphere, I think. And mm-hmm. I think the atmosphere for a Friday night game in the bounce house, that's a Friday night, right? Yeah. Okay. I think the atmosphere for, for a Friday night game will be pretty electric.
1: I still think they're going to have a better atmosphere against USF. They could. Cause that's also, I mean, UCF could be on its way to a conference title game the week after, Senior night, I think I just think there's gonna be more electricity for that, regardless of how USF season plays
0: out. Yeah. They, Whereas they, they I think could, Memphis I,
1: think... I needs to be having a good year to get that electricity for that game, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, like I said I, I could flip flop these two. And I, I do wonder too, part of it is that even if Memphis isn't up to its normal standard, I think they can put up more of a fight, possibly. Well, yeah, throughout, for throughout sure. The whole, They're a better team game. USF, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So saying, So like, the game will be more interesting throughout the whole game. The USF game, as we're expecting it to happen, is that it's going to be another game where, well, I don't know, we thought this in 2020 and it didn't happen this way, it's but true. we think it's probably going to be one that's going to be over pretty early. And so, yes, the atmosphere is going to be pretty great for the beginning, but then it might die off by the third quarter.
1: I guess part of my reasoning between Mem- when I'm picking between Memphis and USF, a lot of it is just sort of based off of the conversation we had last week. Yeah, uh, who UCF's rival is, and I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm gonna be even if USF sucks, which I I haven't like seen a lot on what USF is supposed to be this year. Uh, like, just, I don't actually really know a lot what of it
0: seems unknown. I think it's just yeah, there a lot of
1: guys transfer out, didn't they? Yeah, I just I because I would say that like you know because a similar background was like UCF coming off of 2016 when they ended up going undefeated. Yeah, they were kind of an unknown, but the difference was they'd had that foundational year, and last year did not feel like a foundational year. No not at all for USF and I know that a lot of guys leave the program like you just said
0: and I'm curious too though because because uh when we talked about the I forget what it was was it Phil Steele's AAC um preseason teams or whatever the fourth team quarterback was the USF quarterback who I had never heard of who we'd never heard of I thought I I didn't realize Jordan McLeod was gone I thought he was still yeah so I don't know I don't know who that guy is and I don't know if there's a lot of hype and a lot of excitement around him and his potential to Lead them to more success, but I just don't really see. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that much of a jump for USF this year.
1: I guess like, I'm I wonder. Like I'm curious, what their
0: goal is this year? Is it just to get to a bowl game? I'm assuming I, it would be to get to a bowl game. Yeah, and I don't they think they been will. In, well, their I mean, it's tough. been what two years since they've been to one. Yeah, they last went to one in eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, and even that look, year, I mean, that their that schedule is, the is the slide.
1: I mean, there's the start
0: of their schedule. They have a brutal schedule,
1: don't they? They go at NC State, Florida, loss,
0: FAMU. Loss
1: win at, at BYU loss at SMU
0: loss Tulsa loss temple possibly a win but we don't really know at East Carolina same as temple probably Houston I don't know how Houston's gonna be they're supposed to be better I would have seen I mean I would have seen Houston on a yeah even a uh, bad Houston team and a bad USF team I think the, the bad Houston team's can be better yeah um Cincinnati loss at Tulane probably a loss at UCF loss. So how was that three wins two two or three wins? Maybe? You have like two or three wins.
1: I think they'll actually, I think they actually could win at BYU. BYU
0: like is rich. I know they lost not a, a team. Yeah. I just like still, they're
1: they like completely starting from scratch. So I could see us have in that game. I mean, that's tough if they're, if I'm assuming Utah has no qualms about COVID. So I'm assuming they'll have 60,000 people at their game. It's <laughs> a fair assumption. Um. So <laughs> yeah, it might assumption. be a tough atmosphere, but either, either way, I, I, we're getting off on tangent again, but I just, at usf i just don't like even if they are improved it might just not show in their record
0: yeah yeah i don't know i don't know so like, four and five we had different but i honestly if i were to revise this i would probably put usf at four and memphis at five but i'm okay pretty with, similar in my mind yeah, there's not I'm okay a with where I am. one way or the other there's a clear top three. there's a very clear top three i think we're gonna have the same top three i would think we would but let's find out number three at louisville yes okay Okay, actually, I don't know the top. Okay, we'll get to the top two in a second. But Louisville, okay. <laughs> the, I was already excited for this game. And then now now that I'm going to it and that making a trip out of it with y'all, I think it's going to be even more, like I'm more excited for it. It's just going to be cool to like be in a different atmosphere, kind of check out their campus, check out the stadium. And I think I UCF think UCF's going to win that game. It's going to be a road power five win and it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a couple things for me. First
1: off, anytime UCF plays a Power Five team is fun because no matter even the, even if it's a bad Power Five team, which we don't really know where Louisville is going to be at, it's still just like a, another haha moment. We beat a Power Five team, so yep. I like that. There is something that like it bothers me a little bit, and it's just the way of the world. But like, yeah, we're saying Louisville is the third most exciting game. We're like, look at like Clemson playing Louisville. That's just like one of their least interesting <laughs> games. Like, but for us, we're like, oh, we're playing well, the Cardinals. The
0: state of the AAC, I think. Well, it's the I, state, not necessarily the AAC, but just the state of our schedule yeah just, it's more the state it's more the play. state of
1: the schedule than anything else i and I, and the other part of it is like, it, it's been a long time now, but the last time UCF played Louisville is one of UCF's biggest wins ever. When they went to the stadium on a Friday night, like they will be this season and beat a top 10 team. So, yeah. and no, this is not going to be a top 10 team, <laughs> but I, I it, it just, it's going to draw up memories of that. And that was such a great moment for UCF. And that, that does build into it a little bit. I don't know if Louisville fans remember that game. They probably do because it totally wrecked their season. Yeah. They were like trying to win a national championship and they ended up in, I think the Citrus Bowl. Or the Camping World Bowl or something like that? I don't remember. They didn't that, was to... their, that was their yeah. only loss that year. Was it really? Yeah, they went 12-1. and one, So they probably do remember that game. Yeah. That wasn't the year they went to the Sugar Bowl? No, they went to the Sugar Bowl the year before. Oh, okay. They went to the... No, I don't want Louisiana Lafayette's schedule. I clicked the wrong link. I'm trying to pull up their <laughs> rules 2013. Um yeah, so in 2012, Louisville went 11-2, and two, and they won the Sugar Bowl against Florida when they were in the Big East. Then we transitioned and had the one year they were in the American, and they were really like, we're a national title contender. They started the season ranked at number nine. <laughs> and they tore through their schedule. Then they lost to UCF. They tore through the rest of their schedule, but they just didn't – get yeah, they went to the Russell Athletic Bowl oh, okay. where, they, where they beat up on Miami. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see – I don't know much about Louisville's fan base. Like, I'm curious to see, Like, is this a game that they're going to be like – it's gonna be a pack stadium, or are they just gonna be like, ah, oh, we'll see, like whatever.
1: Well, I'm curious, I wanna pull up. I mean, 2020, you can't tell anything. Yeah. But well, they had a weird 2020 because they had an unexpectedly good 2019. Just to recap the recent history in 2018, when Bobby Petrino and all that stuff was going down, they or you know, he was getting fired and all that. Yeah. They went two and ten. Yeah. Not great. and eight like, in the, the A C.
0: That was the post uh Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And
1: then Scott Satterfield, who came in from App State in his first year, they went eight and five and won the Music City Bowl. Really unexpected bounce back. Was that was it after 2019 or after 2020 that he was like, oh, I might leave. That was after 2019. They came out. He was like, I think it was the South Carolina job he was flirting with. Yeah, I think so. Messed everything up. And then 2020, they were supposed to like build off of that. And instead they went four and seven. It wasn't like a terrible four and seven, though, if I recall. Right. So they beat Western Kentucky and for some reason got ranked at number 18. (laughs) Then they lost to Miami by a couple touchdowns. Mm. Stayed ranked for some reason. Um, then they lost to Pitt by three. Pitt was ranked at that point. Not sure what that's about. They got blown out by Georgia Tech. Who this makes no UCF sense. They, blew out. Yeah, they got blown out by Georgia Tech. Then the next week they lost to number four Notre Dame by less than a touchdown.
0: That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because like I remember it was the Notre Dame was was a close game. Wasn't there another game in there against a good team that they were? So then after that they then, they then blew out Florida State. Then they lost to Florida state wasn't good.
1: Yeah. Then they lost to Virginia tech by a touchdown. Then they lost to Virginia by a couple touchdowns. Then they blew out and shut out Syracuse. Then they lost by a touchdown to Boston college. Then they blew out wake forest. So that's a really, that's actually a kind of impressive four and seven. Yeah. I
0: was going to say, I don't think it was like a, I don't think they stumbled the four and seven. I think it was like, they could have been, they could have been much better than four and seven. Yeah. Man, I'm, but I'm still curious now. to see what what the, what the crowd's like there and what they're if if that's a game that they're going to get up for as a fan base to have UCF coming into their stadium.
1: I suspect they will because they're they're only playing an FCS team. I, oh no, they open the season with Ole Miss. Yeah, that is. a uh, – But I think, a game, side, right? yeah, I think that's a neutral side, isn't it? Yeah, it's a kickoff game, so I, it'll probably depend on if
0: they win that game or not. To be honest with you, that's yeah, that's also a possibility. Yeah, but it's yeah, no, I mean, it, I think I think selfishly, like for for us, especially for me, like the fact that we're going on this trip makes it one of the top three but I think it would be top three anyway no it would have been top three either way for me yeah um
1: yeah like I said I think there's a clear top three
0: yeah and then I'm curious now I was pretty confident we have the same top two but now I'm not sure anymore I'm gonna fight you if we don't because okay there's only one right way to do this but anyway what's your number two (laughs) Cincinnati yeah that's the right
1: answer okay good
0: all right we're on we're on the same top three you
1: you can talk about and Boise state's number one for both of us. You can talk about those games hand in hand. Like you can't beat the first game of the Gus Malzahn era, the first game with a packed bounce house in more than a year against the only other group of five team that anyone who's not a group of five fan cares about. Like that's a, like, I I don't know how you beat that. That's a big time
0: game. Yeah, I agree. And I, I was only curious to see if you would put Cincinnati above it just because it is, very possibly going to be for you know there's gonna be a lot of conference stakes and i know you have a little bit more of a beef with cincinnati fans like directly than i might sure i don't do. know if you were putting more stock in that game but yeah i'm boise state i think like the whole time i was thinking it was the clear number one for me just because like all you just said you know it's first of all even if it was like i think i'd be maybe a little bit less excited if it was still josh heupel coaching the team that's fair but no, that's absolutely fair but it's still ucf boise state like that's something that we've wanted to see for years now. And we've talked about it. And and people
1: forget too, that there was a point in time where Boise state and UCF were going to share a conference when the big East was still a thing. And it's so it's it's this matchup. That's been like theoretically talked about for honestly more than a decade now. And it's finally happening.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like, again, it's the start of the new era, start of Gus Malzahn era. It's just, there's, there's going to be so much hope and so much excitement for it being the first game back. And I, I think it was just i don't know it, it's funny how ucf's home winning streak came to an end when there was no one in the stadium cuz like you, when there's yeah when there's you don't want to, you like, you want to say like it just it just doesn't count like when it,
1: i don't mean to like sound like
0: yeah because when like you say that cuz
1: i know how that yeah. sounds but so much of ucf's home advantage is the ridiculous crowd and the ridiculous atmosphere so yeah when you take that away they're going to perform worse at home
0: yeah and so i i think the the fact that ucf has a chance to have a full stadium and create that kind of atmosphere, you know, fans create that kind of atmosphere for a game as big as Boise state. It's there. Yeah. There's no, there's no bigger game that, that is this season than that one. Yeah. Even, I agree. Even if it doesn't have, cause I mean, yeah, maybe it not, it doesn't have conference stakes uh, tied to it right now, but if things work out the way everyone hopes they will, it'll have uh new year's six stakes, it really might it.
1: boise state is under the impression that they have like their best team in years and they think they're gonna finally get because they haven't been in like just because of the state of the AAC and the state of the mountain west they haven't been legitimately in the near six race for a few years now and they really believe this is the year like they see When's they see the last beating one UCF was like, the last one they went to fort no, 2014 14, 2014 okay. they haven't been since 2014 yeah they they've had like i remember in i think it was 29 yeah 2019 they had a really great year they went 12 and one but 12 and 1 Memphis got it and and it was one of those then- things where the final college football playoff ranking actually sand before or the second to last one before going to the conference championships, sandwiched Boise state between Memphis and Cincinnati Cincinnati was only mm-hmm. 10 and two, but yeah. that meant that if Cincinnati beat Memphis, it probably would have leapfrogged Boise state. who was playing unranked Hawaii. So Boise state yeah. was sitting there at 11 and one with basically no chance of going
0: to New Year's state. And I think 2018, weren't they supposed to be in the New Year's six conversation too, but UCF ended up just running the table again that year. And then I think Boise they also, state dropped they had a San Diego
1: state. No, they lost – they got blown up by Oklahoma State early in the year, if I remember right, and things kind of can't – yeah, okay, I'm pulling it up. Yeah, so they blew out Troy. They blew out UConn. Then they got beat up on by Oklahoma State. Then they lost to San Diego State a couple weeks
0: later. I think that's the one I'm thinking of, though, because even still, like, had they gone on and UCF slipped up, you know, Boise State was obviously needing to win out, and they did. Actually, I'm really curious about this now because
1: in – so in 2018, UCF was – obviously running the table a whole but say UCF loses to Memphis. Who does get that bid? Would it have been App State? Did App State have a good 2018? I don't know. It wouldn't have been because Fresno State and Boise State played for the Mountain West Championship, and they both had two losses already. Yeah, And App know. State had two losses. I have no idea. Sorry, I'm going to pull up the rankings now because I'm curious. <laughs> We're on such a freaking tangent. We really that are, and that's what happens.
0: That's, I think, part of where we are in the summer is just that there's... There's so much excitement, and we feel like we're getting there. We're getting closer to the season, and so a lot of this has just been, at least on my end, a lot of it's just been like completely unorganized thoughts about this whole like next few months, all bleeding out into this podcast because there's there's just a lot of excitement going into this year. Despite, so if UCF had what the lost, schedule looks like, if Memphis had beat UCF in 2018, yeah,
1: it would have gone to number 21, 11 and two Fresno State. Wow, that's a weak year. That's yeah. Well, good thing, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's to me, yeah Boise saves the clear number one. Super excited for the Cincinnati game. It's yeah. definitely number two,
0: but you can't and I think too, the first game of it, the Mel's on era. It would have been a little bit closer had the Cincinnati game been at home this year. But again, yeah, that one being on that. the road, it's it that's another knock against it. I agree with that, but it's still, agree. it is the clear number two.
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt. Yeah, uh, so we had this. We had the same top six and bottom six. <laughs> it's just yeah. a little, little bit of in between.
0: Yeah and and that's obviously where all of like the personal and just like I don't know, just random random thoughts that we have um is why it worked out the way it did. But yeah, it's it's very clear there's a top 6, a top 6 game, uh, top 6 matchups and then the bottom 6. Although I like I said earlier, I think there's the top 6 and then the navy one wants to sneak into the top for me, the top tier, but it's just a little bit into the bottom tier. The conflict though, I just could not <laughs> I I don't. Nope. Not dealing with it. Not not doing it. Ever since they uh they wanted that to be a thing, and UCF just said, "No, nah, we're leaving the trophy here." It's <laughs> there's there's no hope for that ever again. Not that there ever was to begin with. But that's uh yeah, that's that's where we can leave this conversation. Again, from when we're talking right now, eight weeks from this moment we're speaking, it is six twenty p.m. Eastern time. will be uh, uh forty minutes from kickoff. It's a seven o'clock kick, right? I think so. Yeah, eight weeks. So it's exciting. Let that sink in, everybody. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll continue to count down week after week until we finally get there. But for now, we'll jump into the news section real quick. Um, in terms of all sports news, UCF on Thursday had 287 student athletes named to the AAC all academic team. So that seems very impressive. That's a large number. Um, How big is this team? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think what it is, is you have to have. I didn't read the full thing, but you have to have a certain GPA and then something to qualify. So I think it's just like, I don't know that there's a limit to how many people can qualify. Interesting. But 287. So UCF getting done in the classroom. Great uh-huh. to see. Um, football, uh, football tickets, as we talked about a little bit earlier, um, they're still inching closer to that sellout mark. Uh, as of July 2nd, there were fewer than 75, 150 season mm-hmm. tickets left. That's the uh, lowest price point. So if you're, if you're wanting to get in at the lower, lowest price point, there's, it's they're running out so get it get on that as soon as possible um we're not gonna jump into like every time there's a UCF athlete that has like an NIL deal we're not gonna like break that down or like n- mention all of them because it's kind of impossible to keep track of but um linebacker Quade Mosier got a deal with a barbecue restaurant in his home state of Arkansas and I thought that was just worth mentioning because I wish I could get sponsored by a barbecue restaurant it looked good too people it were posting did. photos of it it did it really and- look good yeah, yeah I, I thought I saw somebody else too. I don't remember. There was another one that I saw. It was a barbecue restaurant. I was like, "This is just even if like they don't get paid for it, and they just like here, come get a meal, like free that, barbecue." I, worth yeah, it. I would so Absolutely so worth, worth it. it. If so any barbecue it. places
1: want to sponsor Bailey and I, uh, let us know. We are yeah. available.
0: You could, uh, instead of being presented by Night Sports Now, this podcast could be presented by your barbecue restaurant. So just so, yeah, just throwing reach that out there. Uh, DM for business inquiries. what you <laughs> supposed to say? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, men's basketball, we, uh, officially now know, and I think we kind of knew this and saw this coming, but officially, uh, UCF has Darius Perry, Isaiah Adams, and CJ Walker all coming back for the 2021, 22 season. So like women's basketball, they have, you know, their team coming back and should have a lot of promise heading into the year. Um, women's basketball wise, they, uh, they got a team wide NIL deal. That's, that was notable, uh, because it's, you know, everybody on the team with the college hunks moving company. I don't know if that's the exact name of it. But uh, cool, cool of them to get a team wide deal. Uh, Men's soccer, Haji Barry, who we mentioned last week, he currently leads the golden boot race in the USL championship. Um, I think he leads about two or three goals. So he's having himself a heck of a season for Colorado. Uh, Yannick Ertl was named the AAC Men's Soccer Scholar Athlete of the Year. And UCF had uh, four actually named Scholar Athlete of the Year for their respective sports, which we'll get on to. Women's soccer. They added two to the roster ahead of the 2021 season. They got defender Marta Estupinian, who came from uh, who previously was at Tyler Junior College and Ole Miss, and midfielder slash forward Kara Young, who was previously at Eastern Florida State College in Arkansas. Uh, baseball, they have a you know a ton of players playing in their summer leagues right now. Uh, Tom Joson, Rick uh, Nick Romano, and Trent Taylor all were named All Stars in their respective summer leagues. And another bit of baseball news is Jeremy Randolph was named the team's new director of operations. And uh, jumping over to softball, Tyler Heil was brought on as an assistant coach, and he'll work with the infield, the catchers, and overall team defense. Uh, the team also added Florida Gulf Coast transfer Johnny Rowe to the roster. She was an outfielder uh, last couple seasons for FGCU. She hit three eighty-eight in those two seasons and was uh, successful on 49 of her 52 stolen base attempts. So Definitely a lot of speed. Definitely a pretty dynamic that she's gonna, a good dynamic that she's gonna add to the roster. And finally, for softball, they received the AAC Team Academic Excellence Award. So, again, another example of UCF getting it done in the classroom. Uh, men's tennis, like I mentioned a second ago with men's soccer, uh, Gabriel DeCamps was named the AAC Men's Tennis Scholar Athlete of the Year. So he was the second one. And women's tennis, the third one was Ksenia Kuznetsova. She was named the Scholar Athlete of the Year for women's tennis. As well for women's tennis, Bruce Burgess, was uh, he joined the staff as an assistant coach. And uh, in men's golf news, Connor Arendelle shot two under in his first round at the Rocket Mortgage Classic last weekend, but he ended up missing the cut after falling to two over. And Luis Carrera, who's the uh, newest men's golf uh, team member, he won the Mexico City USGA Amateur Qualifier, which qualifies him for this year's U.S. Amateur Championship. Um, In women's golf news, Alyssa Lamoureux, Jess Baker, and Camille Banzette were named uh, WGCA All-American Scholars, and Steve Sims was promoted to associate head coach. Um, Outdoor track and field-wise, they have added to their roster. Tamia Badal, uh, a sprinter and hurdler, is joining the team. And finally, with rowing, Julie Polson was named the AAC Women's Rowing Scholar Athlete of the Year. So with Ertle, DeCamps, Kuznetsova, and Polson all receiving their Scholar Athlete of the Year honors, that is the most uh, the most the highest number of nights to do so in a single year since 2016-17 so a lot of uh, a lot of classroom updates this this uh, this week on the new section of the pegasus podcast but uh definitely good to see all that going on and for that na- for that we'll jump in to the drip u quiz sessions christian has promised that it's very difficult this week and i'm not looking forward to it I actually just tweeted about ucfc uniforms while you were uh, doing that cuz <laughs> fox
1: college football tweeted who has the best blackout in college football with eight examples? None of them are UCF, and one of them is inexplicably Cincinnati. So I oh had to uh, leave a comment about that. B.S. Um, anyway, <laughs> yes. So our question this week, Bailey, you've been doing pretty good. So Ten and I've four. Had,
0: Ten and four going into week
1: six. So we've had to amp it up. Oh, no. Um, UCF redesigned in 2016. Of course, all our questions come post that, because I don't want to ask you how many times did UCF wear pale gold jerseys. Um, UCF has lost 15 times since they redesigned. 15 times but they've only lost in the exact same combo one time so only one combo has multiple losses what is it
0: um hmm. black pants sure the, yeah the, the white head jerseys no uh no. Well, then I lost. They've lost in the White Knight head jerseys multiple times, but in different combos. Oh, uh, were they in different combos? hmm Okay. Well, I lost. What was it? That's too bad.
1: Oh, well. No, you that's... don't get
0: to know now. I can just look it up, I assume. Yeah, that's Not that true, I really I care that much, but <laughs> I would rather you just uh, tell me. They have
1: lost in the blackout with the Chrome Gold UCF two times. Chrome Gold UCF two
0: times. Was that to Tulsa this past year? Yep. And... Cincinnati this past year, nope. Arkansas
1: State in 2016. That game didn't count. Well, yes, it did. It happened. Um, <laughs> it didn't. They've also there is another combo they've lost in twice, which is white anthracite white, but they had completely different decals for the two different losses.
0: Okay, so, does not count. All right. Well, yeah. I'm so you're ten and five. Yeah, you I'm should. I'm disappointed. Be. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. At least I remember they lost twice in the night uh, white night head jerseys. I guess. Yeah, that's something. It's not really anything, no. but. But they've won in them once, so. I <laughs> guess UConn. Sure. Yeah, the least right. exciting game of 2021. <laughs> um, but <laughs> with that, hope you guys enjoyed our rankings. Hope you guys are looking forward to this season like we are. Um, and we'll be back next week with episode 26. And until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by C.A. Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. everybody.